Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to Spurs Cast, episode 470. My name is Paul Garcia, and I'm the host of the Spurs Cast. Joining me on episode 470 is Project Spurs' own Benjamin Bornstein. You can follow him on Twitter at the underscore Boomstein. In this conversation between Ben and I, we discuss the Spurs' last four games against the Milwaukee Bucks, the Chicago Bulls, Dallas Mavericks, and Minnesota Timberwolves, where the Spurs went 2-2. Two and two. We take a little bit of a deep dive into the Spurs' turnovers uh, issue this season. Um, you know, that's kind of been a staple in their losses, so I kind of get Ben's um, thoughts on what's going on there in that department. And then lastly, we talk about their, their second quarters where they're having some trouble uh, in the second quarters of ball games, and that's kind of been a reason why that's led to six losses for them uh, so far through this season early on without Kawhi Leonard or Tony Parker. Uh, then, of course, lastly, we, take, we, we look at the Spurs' uh, Twitter questions that you all sent to us using the hashtag SpursCast. And then we preview the, the, some upcoming games for the Spurs. So please enjoy the conversation with Project Spurs' Ben Bornstein. And now joining me on the Spurs cast from Atlanta, Georgia, is Project Spurs' own Benjamin Bornstein. Ben, how you doing, man? I am fantastic, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Uh, you know, Ben, we're just gonna, it's going to be kind of a quick show. There's not too much going on with the Spurs. You know, it's kind of a, the last four games, we'll review them. And then just there's not too much going on, you know, especially considering that their best player, Kawhi Leonard, is still out. Um, it's a, it's, you can't really put too much into how the Spurs have done in those last uh, four games. So let's go to begin here. Um, first, Ben, I just want to get your general thoughts on the Spurs' last four games, as I mentioned. Um, they lost to the Bucks at home on last Friday uh, by seven points. Then the following night, they go out and, be, and blow out the Bulls by 39 points um, on Saturday in San Antonio. They had a few days off, then they hit the road, and they went to Dallas. They beat the Mavs by six, but really they, were, they had a comfortable you know, double-digit lead there. Um, and then uh, lastly, as of Wednesday evening, the Spurs lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves 
by 12 points, where San Antonio got it to a five-point game in the fourth quarter. Danny Green missed an open three, and then uh, Minnesota made some plays down the stretch, and they pretty much put it away. So, Ben, the Spurs are 9-6 and six right now. They went 2-2 two and two in their last four games. Um, John Diaz and I had thought they would go 3-1. and one. We thought they'd lose to Minnesota, but we thought they would have beat the Bucks, but that kind of didn't go the way we had predicted. So what did you think overall, just your general thoughts of the Spurs' last four games? I mean, they they beat the teams they should have for sure in the Bulls and the Mavericks, so that's good to see. I thought they I thought they should have beat the Bucks. Um, but I think without a Kawhi Leonard, it becomes very, very difficult to guard a guy like Giannis Atentacumpo. You just who do you who do you put on him? that can make a difference. So that that's a tough guard without Kawhi. I think that the Timberwolves game was frustrating. That's I feel like that's a very winnable game. I know the Wolves are much much better this year and they have they have superstars now, but they they have been a little bit um they haven't quite lived up to the expectations they were given in the preseason. So I I think that was a very win and they haven't quite I don't think the Timberwolves have quite gelled together yet, and I think you could probably say the same for those who are still without Tony Parker, Kawhi Leonard, and now Derek White. You know, Derek White doesn't mean as much, but Parker and Kawhi Leonard solidify other guys' roles, and I think that's way more important than just the fact of them being on the floor. Granted, they're great players. They do make a difference when they're on the floor, but when they – are available and playing. They also make other guys' roles much more defined. Because right now we've you we've everybody's been commenting on it. We have dribbling Danny Green, who's like who's making dribble moves, and it actually doesn't look terrible. But it is concerning because he's not Tony Parker. And he's <laughs> trying to do sort of Tony Parker things. So um, you know, I, I thought two and two was okay. I think three and one should have been an expectation like you and John predicted. I think that should have been the expectation for that particular stretch, but two and two, I'm not going to be terribly mad about. Yeah. And for, for me, I think the biggest thing is that they were in those losses. They, they, you know, they, they had, they had Milwaukee within a few possessions. And like I mentioned against Minnesota down in the last six minutes, they were right there. Had Danny Green made that three pointer that was wide open. Uh, maybe, maybe, you know, they end up coming back and tying them or taking an overtime, something like that. So, uh, it's more about the Spurs' turnovers, which we're going to get into in a little bit. But, you know, being without Kawhi and being without Parker, they were in those ball games, So they do have to take some hope in that, that, that these are some, some of the better teams in the NBA, and they were right there with them. And, and as you mentioned, you know, they have nobody that can guard Giannis, especially when they were turning the ball over and giving it right to him in the open court. And then same thing for Carl Anthony Towns. You know, they had Pau Gasol guarding him most of the night, and that was just an unfair matchup. Um, Pau had no chance uh, stopping that 1-5 pick and roll between um, Carl Anthony Towns and Jeff Teague. So overall, yeah, John and I were wrong, but you know, two and two is actually okay. Considering you're missing your best player who was an MVP candidate coming into the year. Uh, so Ben, yeah. one thing, one thing that, that's been kind of a trend of these losses is the turnovers. So right now in wins, the Spurs are only turning the ball over 13.3 times per game, which would be ranked first in the league. Had that, if that's a whole season stat uh, in wow. the losses though, they go up to 16 and a half turnovers per game which uh, increases to 24th in the league, which is obviously a bottom five um, turnover team. And for the season, they're actually okay. They're, they're at 14.6 turnovers per game, which is ranked sixth in the league. So they're, they're a top 10 team in terms of turning over, in ter- terms of taking care of the ball, should I say. Now, against, Minis- against Milwaukee, they had 18 turnovers. And then against Minnesota, they had 16. So, Ben, my question to you is in these, in these losses, is do you think it's more about 
a lot of new new guys like Brent Forbes, like uh, Rudy Gay, like Dejounte Murray getting more minutes, uh, Brandon Paul, and, and just new players, and then also old players like Kyle Anderson, Danny Green. You mentioned getting increased roles. Do you think it's it's kind of that unfamiliarity that that, or maybe they have too much burden on them right now, or do you think that it's the defenses that are really fo- forcing them into these turnovers? Well, I think it. I mean, this is kind of a cop out answer, but I think it's a combination of. As, uh, like we said earlier, I mean, Danny Green's trying to do a lot more dribbling this year. That's led to more turnovers because he, you know, he gets into these situations where he kind of picks up his dribble and he doesn't know where he's going or he, he goes to jump to pass the ball. And once you're in the air, you can't do anything. You have to get rid of the ball. So it becomes a turnover because there's no one to go. And you have Patty Mills, who's trying to handle the ball, who's really just a, a pick and pop guy or, or even a spot up guy at times. So has increased but you also have a bunch of new dudes who are trying to play with the old guys like Rudy Gay is getting a lot more a lot of minutes which he should he's playing really well but he he also has to become more familiar with how guys handle the ball and how and how maybe he can handle the ball a little more or a little less and let the guys who are supposed to distribute do more distributing or maybe he has to say you know what I'm going to bring the ball up I'm going to initiate offense and we're going to go rather than saying, okay, I need to find someone to give the ball to so that we can initiate the offense. So I, I think it's a combination of all those things. I also think, uh, again, you're missing that you're possibly your – maybe not your – is obviously your best player, but uh, maybe your two most important players as far as being able to handle, handle the ball, control the ball, and run the offense. Because even when Tony Parker doesn't have the ball in his hands – Kawhi Leonard can have the ball in his hands and he can initiate offense. The majority of the other guys on this team don't really do that. They don't. And and DeJounte Murray has been all right, but he's, he's for the most part, he's really a first year starter. So he still has to get used to that. So I I think it's a combination of all those things. It's uh, some of it's trying to do too much, not understanding when you should try to do too much or when you should try and, force a play or, you know, force yourself to the rim or force yourself into the paint to get looks for other people or even to get up there and, you know, get to the free throw line. So it's that, that balance has to be found. And I, and I think once Kawhi and or Tony Parker get back, there will be a little, it'll be a little easier for guys to ease back into their old roles. I do kind of like seeing Danny Green dribble a little bit, give a guy a, a pump fake and, and go buy him and things like that. That's, that is a much needed added uh, rep piece of uh, dribbling and piece of offensive firepower that he has needed for some time. Cause he was a very easy guard at times where it was just, okay, I have to make sure I don't give him an open three. Boom. My job is done. Now it's okay. I actually have to guard him for a few dribbles cause he can do things now. So I, I, Again, just Kawhi Leonard and Tony Parker need to get back as soon as possible. Yeah, for me, I think it's a mixture, a little bit of, of two different uh, elements here. Um, one is like the familiarity. You know, you've seen guys try to make that those um, side-to-side passes, and, and then the, the guy's just not there. They throw it out of bounds. Or um, like yesterday against the, the Wolves, uh, you know, Powell just like dribbled off his foot. It's just some random little turnovers here and there. But then a big other part of it is that I think that the physical defenses like the Bucks, like the Wolves, they, they can really um, – they know that the Spurs want to go four down to LaMarcus. They don't have a lot of pick-and-roll players right now without Parker and Kawhi. And so by, like, the second half, they're really – or the second quarter, should I say, they're really, really 
Um, to trying to take away the post up from Aldridge, making him catch it further out. They're making entry passes into the post a lot tougher. So I think that's also a factor is that the Spurs only have one real way to attack a team right now to break them down, and that's through the post up. And with without Kawhi and Parker, two of their better pick and roll, their best pick and roll players, I'll just say that, uh, it's hard for them to kind of get the defense going side to side, um, especially really good defensive teams who have really good athletes on, on either end, you know, elite players like like I mentioned, the Bucks and the and the Wolves. So I would think that that, that turnovers should um, start getting fixed a little bit better once um, against the better teams, should I say, once Kawhi Parker do return, just like how, how you mentioned there. Um, the next topic, Ben, I want to talk about is the Spurs in second quarters. Uh, this has kind of been a, a consistent trend for them um, in wins and losses. The, the numbers just don't look pretty well right now. Um, so so in right now, in second quarters, uh, they're scoring 93.2 points per one of the possessions, um, which is not a very mm. good number. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, no. Then defensively, they're giving up 106.8 points per 100 possessions. So basically, in every second quarter for through 15 games, the Spurs are getting outscored by 13 and a half points per 100 possessions. Now, I'm trying to figure out here what's going on, and so I'll read you some some lineup data. Um, so basically, in games played from like the top three lineups are like Patty Mills, Brent Forbes, Danny Green, um, Rudy Gay, and Pal Gasol. They were minus 67.9 points per 100 possessions. Then. Um, in, uh, in minutes played, it's like Mills, Manu, Gay, um, Aldridge, and, and Powell. They're, they're a plus 17.5. Uh, there's another combo of like Mills, Forbes, Green, Kyle, and Aldridge, uh, plus 9.8. Now, now the, the, the most consistent guys, though, that are playing in second quarters are Aldridge, Green, Kyle Anderson, and Patty Mills. Um, then a little bit of, you know, Rudy Gay, Pau Gasol, uh, Murray, Manu, Forbes, and Paul, Brandon Paul sprinkled in there. So... Uh, you know, the numbers obviously aren't, aren't good either way um, with different players on the floor. So let me just give you what, what I think is going on and then see if, if you kind of agree with me or if you, if you think it's someone think else. I think that without Kawhi here and Parker, teams teams know that, that, that the Spurs are going to kind of run the post-ups and they'll have to adjust their game plan. Are, they gonna, are we going to double Aldridge? Are we going to um, kind of guard him single, single coverage? You know, how are we going to try to help him trap him? Are we going to, you know, how's our help rotations? And so by the first quarter, the Spurs look okay because they're kind of explo- exploiting those defenses. But I think that by the second quarter, defenses really do figure out how to guard Aldridge a little bit better, and that's why you see the Spurs' offense just go into a drought. And then, of course, if they're missing shots on one end or turning it over, then that's easy buckets on the other on the other end, which opens up better defensive possessions for the um, make better possessions for the opposite team. So do you kind of agree with that, or what do you think for the second quarter? I, that's, that is such a frustrating number to hear, that, that point differential. You... The honestly, you could live with the 106 points per 100 possessions if you weren't scoring below 100 yourself per possessions for the quarter. Um, you know, assuming you're dead even in the first even in the first quarter, and you lose, you're losing 13 and a half points every every time in a second quarter. I mean, you've you've dug yourself such a hole. That no matter how good you play, no matter what your, no matter what your positive point differential is in the third and fourth quarter, or if you play them even those two quarters, it's just not going to be enough. And I, I think Pop needs to really mix and match some lineups. The, from what I've seen, Rudy Rudy Gay has been playing really well. I think he's proven he can play more minutes. because you can save him later in the season. If you're so concerned about his Achilles or his feet, whatever it is, if you're so concerned about it, you can save him later in the season once Kawhi Leonard comes back. But there are some games here where the Spurs need to say, okay, you know what? I know it's kind of a 
it's normally a situation where we kind of throw it in. You, you know, we throw in the white flag early in the fourth if it's out of hand. You know, if it's a 10 or 15 point game. But we need to win these. I, you know, I think Pop has to say we need to win these games. I need to explore my lineups. I mean, that the one you mentioned where they're outscoring by a ton of points, that's obviously a good lineup to have. But again, I, you have to you you can't run that lineup the entire second quarter because dudes have to get breaks. Mm. So you you do need to find your balance there. And you like the 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 lineup where you're losing out on all these points. Obviously, you cannot have that lineup in the game. You just have to avoid that lineup. And if that means playing other guys that you wouldn't play normally and giving them more minutes, so be it. Just you have to experiment. You you have to be able you have to say, listen, obviously what this, what we're doing is not working. We have to try something else. And I think some of those minutes should go to Davis Bertans because everything I've seen and heard is in the few minutes he's getting, he's playing well. And he's he he's just not getting enough minutes to me. And he he played really well last season, and I think he's the perfect kind of you know four or a small ball five who keeps people out of the lane, and he can keep it open for Aldridge, and he can see over his defender if he needs to to get it into Aldridge, and you can't his man can't go double team because you have to stay out and you have to guard Bertanza's shot. So I think experimenting with guys like that, I just think him and playing Rudy Gay a lot more minutes should help. Now, granted, you do need a ball handler in there, and you have to have one you can trust. So I think, honestly, where the problem is, because you 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 pretty much trust all your – you trust your main bigs. You trust Pogasol, and you trust Aldridge to – whatever they need to do. And even to an extent, Kyle Anderson has been all right this year. He hasn't been the, you know, the kind of black hole people have seen in the last couple of years. And Bryn Forbes has proven that he's a bucket getter. That's a guy you can have in the game. And then you, if you tell DeJounte, Hey, listen, we don't need you to do too much. We just need you to facilitate, run the play properly. Don't turn the ball over. If you have an open shot, fine take it or if you think you can get to the rim get to the rim but you have to convince him not to do too much i think maybe a lineup like in the second quarter assuming they haven't played too many minutes already a lineup like maybe murray forbes rudy gay aldridge and maybe you throw one more shooter in there maybe you throw a brandon paul because he's kind of a bigger guy rather than Patty Mills, mm-hmm. or you throw a Danny Green if he hasn't played too many minutes, so you have a shooter. I think that's kind of a lineup that might be that would be nice to see in the second quarter when the Spurs are giving up all these points. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me it comes down to more so like you mentioned. I think the key word you said there was a ball handler, and that's tough to do when when they don't have Parker back or Kawhi back. So, um, you know, it might, it might be interesting to put in Bertans right now. It's kind of um, Pops using a lot more of Rudy Gay at the four and, and Aldridge at the five or, or Powell at the five with Gay at the four. So maybe moving Gay to the three and putting Bertans in at the four for, for a few spot minutes here, that, that could open up a little bit more offensively. Uh, and, and, you know, again, I think it just comes down to missing Kawhi and Parker. You need, you need more weapons. The defense is going to understand how to break you down. They know you just want to go to Aldridge and his pick and pop or his um, post-ups. And you need more variety on offense. And, and you know, 
Um, you know, Murray really hasn't, hasn't, he's not there yet where he can kind of create his own shot and create an entire offense. Rudy Gay's kind of getting there. He can run the pick and roll a little bit. He doesn't do it enough just yet. Um, and then, you know, Manu and Patty Mills, they're not getting as much minutes in that second quarter. So right now, I think for me, I think it's going to, it's still going to be an issue for them. I, I do think that when Parker and Kawhi return, that will help them out uh, significantly more uh, in that department of the second quarters. It's yeah. They just, it's ball handling. It's really, it's guard play. That's what it comes down yeah. to. And, it just like in the NBA, just you know, just like when it comes to March Madness, if you have a team that controls the ball and doesn't turn it over and is and in place smart, you can win games that maybe you shouldn't. You really have no winning. That's why you see. That's why you see some upsets in the tournament sometimes. That and teams just crap out of the three. That's I mean that's your recipe for an upset in the, in March Madness, if we're trying to draw comparisons, you know, hit freeze, no low turnovers, smart offense. Boom. That's it. Keep yeah, it simple. That's in the Spurs are just not getting just as of now. This podcast is brought to you by ADT. When it comes to something as important as your family safety, you need real protection with ADT. What does real protection mean for you? Well, real protection means you can get all of the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You'll get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you, including 18,000 employees safeguarding you and your family, along with a connection to first responders. Your secure smart home includes everything from video doorbells and indoor and outdoor cameras to smart locks and lights controlled from the ADT Go app or the sound of your voice. You can also get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. Everything is custom designed to fit your home, all from the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can even get safety on the go in the car or when the kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Ready to learn more? Visit ADT.com backslash podcast to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you. Let's go ahead and move on, Ben, to the Twitter questions. Um, so we ask you, the fans, to send us um, uh, Twitter questions using the hashtag SpursCast about the Spurs that you have on your mind for the week. So our first one comes from one of our own writers, Colin Reed, PS, um, uh, one, of our, one of our writers of Project Spurs. Colin asks, what do you all think Kyle Anderson's place in the rotation will be post Kawhi's return? I think he is a sneaky candidate for the most for the player most impacted by Leonard's return. So, Ben, I'll let you take that first. What do you think is going to happen to Kyle when Kawhi eventually returns? It's not great, Bob. It's not great. Uh, I, I would I would agree with that. He's going to lose a lot of minutes. He's unless unless he does something insane in the next few games or before um, before Kawhi Leonard gets back, like he just goes off for some stupid number, like. You know, he has like two twenty and ten games or something. Then I, I just don't see how he gets good rotation minutes. I mean, it's happened last year where he just he kind of fell out of the rotation because they're just the minutes weren't there for him. So I think with with a guy you bring in Rudy Gay who you like who's been playing really well, and then Kawhi Leonard comes back, you you there's just no minutes for him. So I think I think he's going to be relegated to the bench. Yeah, I think that he's gonna get that as long as Burkhans doesn't doesn't um, you know get uh, show show some more development and growth before Kawhi gets back. I think that he's gonna be like their Boris Diaw as far as coming off the benches at the four with the second unit. So it'll be Rudy at the three uh, and Kyle at the four, and then you know Laverne at the five. I think that's kind of where Pop mm-hmm. wants him. But overall, he is gonna lose minutes, like you mentioned. 
Pop is going to try to play so many minutes with Kawhi, Gay, and Aldridge out there. And so there's just no space for, for Kyle when those three are fully healthy and they're in a ball game and they need him down the stretch there. Um, you know, he's, he, even though he's showing way more playmaking this year, uh, he's attacking the glass. He's able to run the pick and roll. He gets by defenders. He can um, c- kind of attack the rim on closeouts. It's the fact that he doesn't have the spacing on offense where te- defenders still back off him that I think that makes him, um, you know, uh, when it comes down to Pop running Kawhi and Aldridge out there, he's going to lose some minutes there because of that, that flaw in his um, offensive game at the moment. So I, I think I think uh, Colin's right in the, just asking the question that we both agree that Kyle's going to lose some minutes here uh, when Kawhi eventually does return. Uh, our next question, Ben, comes from at GameStill1. They ask, I think Pop is great, but sometimes he kills everything. So do you guys see any slippage? He has players who need time like Davis, uh, Bryn Forbes, and Brandon Paul. But he plays our older players on back-to-backs like he wants to lose. So I think this fan's just a little mm. frustrated. I think this fan's just a little frustrated with, um, you know, on second out of back-to-backs, he probably wants to see, you know, the young guys play and see, and, and, uh, see what they can do. And I think this is more so coming off the loss of the Wolves where, um, you know, the older players like Manu, Patty Mills played, um, and, and not, the, not, the, not the younger guys. Uh, what do you think about I, – I, what do you think about this question? I That's a great question. I like that question. Um, I, I would agree. I think that's a great idea. I mean, I, you, I mean, this, it goes to the, a little bit of what I said earlier about, you know, you have to, you have to make sure it's the right kind of game for that, where it's not one of those games where you feel like you really need to win it, really need the older guys to win it. So, and I, I do think the young, the younger players need to see, that kind of crunch time in a game, like, you know, it's a close game and you know, what are they, what are they going to do? Are they going to freeze? Are they going to step up? Are they going to make plays? We, we don't know what they're going to do because they've never been in that situation. I, so I, I do think pop needs to try and in that situation. So they understand what it's like, understand what is required of them at the moment. Yeah. And Oh, go ahead. No, that's all you oh, man. Thought, okay. Okay, cool. I thought, I thought it got cut off. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, um, I think that it, it depends on the situation right now because because they're in a situation where they're missing two of their, their better players. They kind of have to get as many wins as they can as they can get right now. So I think that if let's say Kawhi was healthy to start the year, and maybe they're like um, instead of being nine and six, they're like ten and four or, or you know ten and five, something like that, uh, a little bit better record. I think he has more flexibility in playing some of the younger players. Um, and you know, outside of Davis, Forbes and Paul have been getting been given a great opportunity here early on early on without Kawhi. Um, so I think that it more so comes down to the situation of the team right now. If they're healthy, he, I think the young guys get a lot more run. And if they're not, Pop, Pop still needs to keep the Spurs within you know the top five of the West as far as seeding goes and try to get them as many ways as possible. Um, Absolutely. That's that. I mean, it's such it, again, it's situational winning. You could almost say where, you know, that we're, and we're going to talk about this later. You know, Spurs have two games coming up. You know, Thunder's probably a tough game. Maybe, maybe not that one, but you know, the Hawks team, the Hawks, the Hawks are a weird team, but they they're not very good. <laughs> no. And that's a that's a team where your young guys should get a lot of minutes. Yeah, and I and I think when we talk about that in a little bit, they they definitely will get some minutes there. Um, our next question comes from at Chillin zero seven two. They ask uh, when Kawhi re- when Kawhi returns, who will be the biggest casualty? And I'll just refer back to Co- Colin's uh, question, which I think it's going to be Kyle Anderson. Do you have anybody else different that you think would lose their minutes because of Kawhi? No, it's I think it's Kyle Anderson. Okay, well. yeah. So so we both agree it's going to be Kyle Anderson. Most likely, it's impacted the most by uh, Kawhi's return when he eventually does come back. Um, 
Yeah, okay, our next question comes from uh, one of our former Project Spurs writers, um, uh, Trevor Zickraff, um, at Trevor Writes. Uh, he asked, is Brent Forbes the second coming of Gary Neal or Patty Mills? <laughs> I love that question so much. Oh, I love that question so much. Oh, man. Trevor, you're my guy. If you listen to this, you're my dude. That he, question is one of the greatest uh, questions I've ever gotten to answer. He's a he's a big Arizona guy too. He he loves all the Arizona players you read about. Oh yes, perfect. Oh, today is just getting better and better. All right, <laughs> I'm a, I'm gonna go ahead and answer this question because I love that I love that question. Um, I would say Gary Neal because Bryn Forbes just sometimes has this irrational confidence that Gary Neal just made a living off of. Like, dude didn't matter what gym Gary Neal walked into. He assumed he was going to make every bucket. It didn't matter if he missed the first 15 shots. He always assumed the next one was going up or was going in, and he always shot his shot from wherever. He didn't care. He didn't care how stupid that shot was, how, you know, like three feet beyond the three-point line, he's like, no, nah, I'm going to hit this. This is my shot. That's Gary Neal. I live for Gary Neal. That is my spirit animal. I, I wish I had the irrational confidence that Gary Neal has. Now, I don't think Bryn Forbes has as much irrational confidence, but he is a very good shooter, and he he's one of those guys where you look at him and you're just kind of like, oh, this guy, Bryn Forbes, who's this guy? And then he hits one in your grill piece, and you're like, oh, oh snap, that's Bryn Forbes. Okay. That's kind of what Gary Neal did at first when he got into the league. People were kind of unsure, like, who's this guy? Is he Like, the Spurs picked him up, so he must be okay. Like, is he any good? And then, like, he was a huge fan. You know, the Spurs lost the 2013 finals, but he was a factor in that series. And um, I will forever love him for that. So I, I, would comp- I would say Bryn Forbes is probably closer to a Gary Neal than a Patty Mills as far as irrational confidence goes and being able to get off his own shot rather than just being kind of a spot. Yeah, I agree with you as well. Um, you know, and even looking at some of the lineup data from cleaningtheglass.com, Right now, actually, Brent Forbes is doing something that Gary and both Patty don't do. He's playing more minutes at the, as a wing, which means he's, guard, he's, he's having to guard twos and threes on, on possessions and play at that, that shooting guard slash small forward spot. Gary may, mostly played as a combo guard, um, and then Patty plays specifically as a point guard right now. Uh, so, so I think that, again, he's close to Gary Neal, and, you, and you're right. I don't think Forbes had – I think For, I, I see Forbes as more of a cautious, irrational confidence, confidence guy, meaning like <laughs> – he like he has to make two in a row, and then all of a sudden you see that swagger kick into him, where he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna make this next. I'm gonna drive on somebody." You saw it against the Wolves. He made two open threes. By the third one, he's like taking guys off the dribble and shooting like fadeaway jumpers. So he he's a little bit more of like he needs to get in a rhythm, and then once he gets that first shot to go in, once he sees the ball go through the hoop, he, his confidence just you know just goes to another level. Whereas you were right, Gary Neal can miss 12 shots in a row, and the guy's gonna he's gonna take 13 shot like he made them all. <laughs> So there's a, there's a little bit more like I would say safe like there's like more of a cautious aspect to, to Bryn Forbes' irrational confidence, but he has it in him, and that's what the Spurs will need at times uh, in certain games when the ball's not falling. And I think that's why when I mentioned the offense is struggling in the second quarter, that's why a lot of these these lineups do have Bryn Forbes in them because Pop is looking for him to come in off the bench there in that second quarter and bring forth some offense since they're they're missing that um, right now. Uh, so yeah, I think we both agree that it's Gary Neal that's closer to what Bryn Forbes uh, is projecting out to be. Bryn- Bryn Forbes is like a, a he's a he's a threshold irrational confidence guy like like you said like he has to reach a certain threshold and then the irrational confidence comes out and it stays there 
it's not just where I, this up. yeah yeah like gary neal is just like he he puts on his underwear in the morning he's like irrational confidence is the greatest pair of underwear i've ever worn look at me wear these under look at me wear this pair of underwear it's the greatest pair of underwear you've ever laid your eyes upon that's gary neal every morning i hope yeah he's just he's just ready to go right to kick off the day all right um, our last question is, is a little bit different than a normal basketball question, but I'm just going to ask it. It comes from um, one of our other writers, uh, Stephen Anderson, at I'm Steve Anderson, he asked. Now, this one was actually – these last two questions about Brent Forbes and then also uh, the one that Stephen's about to ask, they were actually meant for, for um, the last Spurs cast, but I didn't see them in, in, the, in the hashtag, so I'm asking them – that's what I'm asking you right now just to bring them forth. Uh, Stephen asks, which Spur would you cast in season three of Stranger Things and why? All right, disclosure, haven't gotten to see the second season yet. I know I'm the worst, but I did watch the first <laughs> season, so I do know where Stranger Things is. Mm -hmm. um, if I had to do it, if I had to pick a guy, I would pick Patty Mills solely because of his hairstyle, and it is very like late 80s, early 90s, the way, the way that falls about his head, um, and, and you could easily make him look like a monster, so I'm going with that. Go Patty Mills. Okay, I'm actually going with Manu, and um, just because I feel like Manu would be a good guy for like a role where he's like uh, some sort of like researcher or scientist who's like trying to figure <laughs> out this the upside down area. Um, he kind of fits in that in that aspect, and you can just tell just based on like his Twitter history and his Instagram stuff, where he's like always reading about so science articles and he's talking about podcasts with science science stuff. So like I think that he's kind of in that that realm. So I, I would choose Manu if, if that was my uh, if I had to cast one of the Spurs into um, Stranger Things. Um, Okay, so uh, Ben, the last part of our Spurs cast, we're going to go ahead and predict the Spurs' next two games. Now, I only say two games. Okay. Uh, next week is like kind of like a short week because of the holiday uh, Thanksgiving. So uh, we're only going to kind of preview the OKC game and then the Atlanta game here. And I'll ask you for your picks. Um, and then okay. From there. So, uh, so let me just give you the Spurs' current stats. Right now, offensively, they're 16th in the NBA. 104.5 points per 100 possessions is what they're putting up. Defensively, they are fifth in the NBA holding teams to 100.2 points per 100 possessions. So on Friday, they host the Oklahoma City Thunder for the first time. The Thunder come in 7-7, tied for eighth place in the Western Conference. Offensively, the Thunder actually works in the Spurs. They're, they're only scoring 103.8 points per 100 possessions, um, ranked 18th in the, in the league. Now defensively, they're a top two defense. They're second right now, uh, holding teams to 97.6 points per 100 possessions. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, I checked the um, – well, I mean, all that length and, you know, all those – you know, the solar possessions. But yeah, it's, mellow. Yeah, they, I know. Yeah, that's the crazy thing is they're hiding mellow. <laughs> but it, it's working so far. Uh, so I, I did check the projected lineups, and it looks like Steven Adams is listed as out uh, for that Ooh. game. So Steven – I mean, not Steven, uh, Ben. Sorry about that. Who do you think wins that game Friday night between the Spurs and OKC? I have I have the Spurs win that game. I think OKC is just too dysfunctional right now. Their defense might be really good, but they they have no idea what they're doing on offense at times. And they just they have the three guys, and that's it. Like I'm I'm letting I'm letting Andre Roberson take every shot he wants. That dude is one of the worst shooters I have ever seen ever. And he so if you, if you force the ball out of their hands and let him shoot and force Steven Adams into anything outside of the paint, I would be very comfortable with that. So, and I think that's very much a possibility because those three dudes cannot entire game as good as they are. And as young and healthy as they are, they cannot play the entire game. So 
I think the Spurs can take advantage of it. They're just going to have more versatility defensively and offensively because when the Spurs get on the floor, they don't really have a guy like Steven Adams where you have to feed an alley-oop or you have to get it to him right at the rim. Okay, yeah, I, I was I, I was going back and forth with this, man. I was I was really – on the one hand, that offensive stab by the, by the Thunder really, really throws me off. And, I, and I've watched them a few times this year, probably like five times now. I've seen those games where they, where they really just cannot close out games in the fourth quarter because um, of their issues on offense where they don't know who to go to. Um, they don't have a really good system just yet. Uh, I, you mentioned defenses just back off of Robertson. They had to take him out in the last five minutes of games. But that – Second part, the, the defensive part, that they're, that they're the second-best defense, I think that that's something San Antonio really has trouble with right now is, is really good defensive teams. That's been a big part of the, a lot of their losses. So I'm actually going to take OKC in this one. Um, I, I think I think I'm going to pick Thunder in this one. So you, I have Thunder, you have the Spurs in that first one. Okay, then the Spurs, uh, they have they have two days of rest, Saturday and Sunday. Then Monday they host the Atlanta Hawks, who are 3-12 and 12 this season. 15 Blowout. Years. Yeah, worse, Blowout. Than the, <laughs> worse than the East. Um, offensively, they're 21st, 102.8 points per winter possessions. Defensively, they're scoring 100. They're holding the teams are scoring 106.4, which is 22nd. Uh, so you already say blowout. So I agree with you as well. I think <laughs> the Spurs. It's kind of kind of be like a little bit like the Bulls game, not as bad, but the Spurs will probably um, knock that team out of the park. The, um, the their best game of the year. I think it was their last game. They beat the living bejesus out of the Kings. And they, I, I'm pretty sure they actually set a new franchise record for largest margin of victory yeah, uh, it, against the Kings. Yeah, it, so I don't see them doing that again. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I think it was 46 points was their largest victory ever um, in franchise history. So, yeah, something so, insane. Yeah. yeah, so that's a lot. So, um, yeah, and you're right. I don't think they can do that to the Spurs. Okay, so Spurs cast listeners, um, by the time I, I record the next episode, probably on, on next Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, the Spurs – I'm predicting we'll probably be uh, ten and seven, and Steve and uh, Ben's predicting projecting they'll be eleven and six. Now, uh, Ben, I had went on Twitter right before we got on the podcast, and I had asked, um, you know, just I put a quick Twitter poll of what the fans thought that the Spurs would be uh, by this time next week, and they agreed with you. Forty-nine percent, the majority picked the the Spurs to be eleven and six, so they think they're going to beat the Thunder and the Hawks here. So, so you have the majority going with you, and then forty-three percent they they go one and one against those teams, which obviously the loss would be to uh, the Thunder. Okay, uh, Ben. Thank you again, man, for, for coming on here. Um, please provide your your Twitter um, hashtag, your Twitter handle, please. I am at the underscore Boomstein. Okay, so make sure again to follow Ben at the underscore Boomstein on Twitter. Uh, catch up for him. Look out for his um, his draft prospect pieces. Um, th- he's doing a great job with those every single week. Um, you know, trying to project who the Spurs might might get uh, once the draft comes around in, later on in June, toward the end of the year. All right, Ben. Thanks again, man. Absolutely. Thank you again to Ben for following for for joining me on on this Spurscast episode 470. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at the underscore Boomstein. Uh, and just a few reminders, please remember if you have a question regarding the Spurs, uh, we're having this, this Spurscast every week, so you can use the hashtag Spurscast to get that question to us, and we will address it on the Spurscast. Uh, if you're on Twitter, please follow at Project Spurs at at League underscore NBA at the Spurscast and at Project Spurs Network. Uh, be also be sure to follow some of our sites, ProjectSpurs.com, AnalyzingTheLeague.com, SpursOn6.com, and then our new site, uh, ProjectSpurs.net. And lastly, of course, if you're on iTunes and you're, you're listening to this podcast right now, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you. Have a great day.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.